the fire. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. Hello, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. (laughs) And and today, oh my goodness, today there's just so much going on with all of the election, uh, you know, the chaos of the elections, uh, the waiting, the polling, the surveying, the votes, the tabulations. And what's happening with all that. If there's ever a through the fire moment. <laughs> <laughs> this would be it, right? Right. We're just kind of stuck in the fire right now a little bit, yeah, it seems like, but you know, but you know, it I feels love, that way. I, I love when the Bible says that uh, we're living sacrifices. Mm-hmm. So we all, we, we're in the middle of fire, but we don't get burned up. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. We're supposed to be in the middle of it, aren't well, we? Well, actually we are. And I think, you know, um, we've been talking about this back at the house a lot. Um, we were actually made for times like this. We're, we're supposed to be in the middle of this. And right. I think Christians have kind of gotten to the point where they forgot that we're supposed to be in the middle of chaos mm-hmm. uh, with the good news of the gospel, God's mm-hmm. love. You know, the, the kinds of things that we know are true, they matter in the middle of the chaos, not just in the middle of tranquility. That's you know? right. And sometimes we, I mean, of course, we value peace and we prefer to be sure. in a, a place of peace, but we sometimes have to be out there on the battlefront lines and uh, mm-hmm. kind of a standing up for for our religious freedom, and I know that's what you do out in Washington. Yeah, and so you were talking, you know, election chaos, but maybe this is a cultural opportunity, you know? Maybe I think this is so. a great opportunity for the church. It's a good point. Yeah. It really is. So, you know, um, so today I'd like to talk about some of that chaos okay. and and what's going on. Because uh, it's know, on everybody's mind. <laughs> it know? is. I mean, when yeah, we talk so. about the issues that were at the forefront, um, right. what was not there, or maybe that should have been talked about more and focused on a little bit more. I know Pew Research did a survey in July and August, and they what did they say? Well, they said the top two issues were the economy and health care. Okay. And the bottom two were climate and abortion. Now, I found it quite interesting <laughs> yeah. that abortion was at the bottom well, of Well, that's it. a, you know, that may be another program because, again, climate's everywhere, and yet people don't think it's that important. And abortion, we're basically told not to talk about it. And uh, that maybe that's another program. Yeah. So yeah. what do you believe um, were some of the issues well, that were hidden or left out of discussions that maybe should have been talked about more, especially among us? Christians. Well, the funny thing is there's there's one issue that I think was the defining issue of this election. And if you ask most Christians, they would say economy or um, health care or something like that. And the number one issue was that one platform says they're going to stifle or even persecute the Christian worldview out of the public square. And the other one says, no, we're going to protect, we're going to get, protect your First Amendment uh, liberties to do that. One platform said we're going to uh, punish. The other platform said, no, we're going to protect. And if you talk to a Christian and say, do you think the government should actually stifle the Christian voice or actually make sure the Christian voice is, is deplatformed in our culture? I can't imagine any Christian voting for that, and yet they, there are a lot of Christians that went out and voted for a platform that's going to do just that if it becomes legal. It, 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 Religious <laughs> liberty. It's the number one issue. It's the can't even number talk. one this issue. This is stirring me up so much. Oh, yeah. I can't even talk. Well, it should stir because everybody. it really is. I mean, in fact, uh, one of them pledged to end the misuse, they said, the misuse of broad exemptions to discriminate 
and will subsequently target businesses, medical providers, social service agencies, and others who apparently were under the wrong impression that they could extend their religious convictions outside the edifice of the church. Oh, so how you're about looking that? at schools. They want, they're well, they're even... actually telling us in church right now that we can't worship, we can't praise. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've been we doing that gather. for the last several months, and they've been telling us that there's this pandemic that's going to kill us if we come and worship. But, you know, that's uh, the, the funny thing is right now, today, November... Well, what day is it? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it was, okay. it was on November 4th. No, it's, but... <laughs> it's post-election. But um, this week, uh, the Supreme Court is hearing a case, Fulton versus Philadelphia, where Philadelphia is suing to put out of business the Catholic Social Services and, and, and Mrs. Fulton. She's a, she, she is a foster care uh, worker, mm-hmm. and they're going to they're going to put them out of business. And the main re- it's not because they're a ba- in fact they're fundamental to the neighborhood. They're one of the best agencies in the neighborhood. They take care of the most kids in the neighborhood. All of that stuff. No, it's because they believe in traditional marriage. So they're discriminating against us. You either us. have to get, you either have to disavow traditional marriage, the notion that marriage is between a man and a woman for so life, shut you before down. God, or you are out of business. Mm-hmm. And all the kids that they care for, they just go back into the system, and all those people uh, are uncared for. And I'm sitting here going, wait a minute, what First Amendment rights? And then it's not that you can't go to another uh, place that believes that. There's all kinds of agencies that believe in the other views of marriage. Why can't we have, you know, uh, live and let live? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the issue. And that was the number one issue. If Joe it's Biden, an agenda to shut us down. Exactly. It, it, the, it's called the Equality Act. It's in Congress right now. The only reason why it didn't get out of Congress is because the Senate was Republican. Um, but the Equality Act for, basically is the Discriminate Against Traditional Christianity Act. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's basically what it is. Joe Biden said, I will sign it on day one right. if it's on my desk. Right. And so, again, I'm saying to Christians— why didn't and and if I ask Christians what was the number one thing on the ballot, and, and they don't even know that it's on the ballot, right? I said it's the main plank of their platform, mm-hmm. and so again that disturbs me a little bit because there there's a lot of well-meaning people. A lot of people voted because they said he's a nice guy and and he's not a nice guy, so right. I vote for the nice guy. And I said, well, the nice guy is going to put you out of business. Mm-hmm. And not let the voice of the Lord be public anymore, or the right. voice of and the Right, and so we were, we were we were voting more for the person than we were voting for the issues that that they stood for, what they've done, and what they promised to do. Yeah, and I well, I would have actually, if we're going to vote for the person, I sure would have liked to investigate both people, you know, because I don't think one guy's a nice guy and the other guy's not a nice guy. That's my opinion, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, we were given these caricatures, mm-hmm. and and then we and that's what you vote for. I always just say, vote platforms, not people, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what. I mean, if one guy's protecting your religious liberty, he's protecting your your small business. He's protecting those things so you can live your life freely. And the other guy says, no, I'm not going to do that. And you vote for the one. So it was a crazy thing to me. But I guess the election chaos, the struggle is if you don't even know really what you're voting for, what's on the platforms and all these things and what's coming your way, that troubles me. You know, as a Christian, that troubles me, especially if Christians thought they were voting for something uh, nice or inclusive. In in reality, they're they're really voting for something that's going to be very destructive, I think, for our society. Mm-hmm. And I guess the question is, why didn't they know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the first question. Right. I think part of the reason that they didn't know it is, I mean, we have this whole COVID thing, right, that has come well, up. And yeah, so there were a of... lot of restrictions for us to gather. So churches were uh, were not able to gather. We weren't able to discuss some of these really important topics that were on the forefront or should have been on the forefront. And uh, to help um, 
us decide uh, what was most in alignment with Scripture and with our Christian worldview, which we should always in all in all things look to Scripture for for our decision making. And something, especially today, where there's so much confusion, uh, we weren't allowed to gather and we weren't allowed to have our our clergy help direct us and give us some insight. Well, and sometimes I think you had shared this with me before, but sometimes too the clergy wouldn't do it even if we were gathering, you yeah, know. Exactly, you, which was very frustrating to me. <laughs> and I happen to be a clergyman, so yeah. you know, she, she was yeah, saying, forget why that. aren't you guys doing this? <laughs> yeah, I, I forget that sometimes when I come to you and I say I'm really frustrated with this. Why aren't they speaking up, uh, you know, in support of this or why aren't they standing up and speaking against it? I know in one previous show we were talking about what frustrates me because, you know, I recently lost my father right. and the clergy are not allowed to go in and to pray with uh, patience. Right. And so, you know, that that disturbs me uh, greatly. And for them to say we're not, you know, that that's not necessary. Well, you know, and, and, and again, from the pastor's point of view, too, one of the things that they're most worried about, they don't want the gospel and politics to be meshed together or mm -hmm. to be conflated. And I get that mm -hmm. because for the last couple hundred years, even in our culture, there is a secular movement in our culture that, that thinks that we can have all the blessings of the Christian worldview and our freedoms and everything, which are founded on some Christian principles. We can have all those yes. blessings, but we don't need God. Right. We just can get rid of God and have it. And there's and, and there was a social gospel movement that, that kind of created that almost like the gospel was really a political movement to make sure that all of us, uh, you know, created heaven on earth here through our policies. Right. Well, obviously, that's not the gospel. Right. So there's a lot of guys who are concerned about, well, if we get too political, is it going to become that kind of thing again? Mm -hmm. Well, that's where they got to understand, too, that God differentiates this for us he, so we can discuss it. Mm -hmm. um, He's, Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, because God is at work through Caesar, and give to God what is God's, God's at work through his church. So God radically works differently to preserve the world through his law and through morality, and to save the world through the good news of the gospel. So right. differentiate right. that. Right, and charity should be, uh, and it's actually in Scripture, that comes through through us Christians. That's that's we're, We are responsible for charity, not Papa government. Well, that's the point. He, so God has, in, in even his preserving work, he has institutions to do that, the, the, uh, the family, mm -hmm. the church, and the government. Mm -hmm. And the government is the least uh, important one of the three. Right. It's the one that does law and order. If you look at Romans 13, it does law and order, and it's supposed to do that. And it's the family where b benevolence and love and mercy begins there in the family and in the church. And and the church is that benevolencing agency in the neighborhood, or at least free societies. Right. You know, so you, if if you're talking to non-church people, you can organize free associations that that care and, and that kind of thing. But the the government's a coercive. That's right. It's coercive. It's not love. Always. It's not charity. It does so to call the government government a benevolence organization. It's an oxymoron. So, mm -hmm. like you said, I think which is what the socialist. Uh, well, they're the ones that are merging God's work into right. this kind of like a social gospel thing, mm -hmm. identity politics. And if you don't thing. back that, then you are uh, unsympathetic. You're uncaring. Um, right. Yeah. You're you're not a you don't you're selfish. So again, you were talking about how there's a confusion out there, you know, mm -hmm. and there's a confusion first of all because Christians don't even know how God defines these things. Right. You know, these are God's agencies, and God actually works through Caesar too, but then he limits Caesar's role in our life. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's one, it, it, it kind of, it bothers me a little bit that, uh, that we don't understand that the government was not made 
It was not made to actually do the things we're asking it to do today because it doesn't love. It right. doesn't benevolence. It only coerces and, and, and constrains. Right. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of that going on. Absolutely. So um, the other thing is why, why is it hidden from us? I think there's a certain amount of we're not getting the straight scoop on stuff. What do you think about that? I well, mean, that's definitely true. You uh, know? I mean, even if we try to speak uh, on, on certain issues, if, you, if we're doing it, well, we can be called uh, hate stirrers and mm-hmm. we can, you know, we, we're, we're, we're blocked online on social media. It's, it's just really, it's, it's hard because we cannot, uh, if, you, if you do anything that seems like we're hurting someone's feelings or being discriminatory, then they shut us down. Yeah, and, and the funny thing about that for me is some of these basic principles, these basic moral teachings, they've been around a long time. They've blessed a lot of different cultures besides our own. All these kind of, they're written, the Bible says they're written on our conscience, so they're, they're written in every That's human right. heart. Um, right. Somehow now they're hate speech, and, and somehow they're now uh, to be defined out of our existence. You know, it, it'll, it would probably strike people that even some, even Martin Luther King, if you think about some of the things that Martin Luther King said, he's being deplatformed. You know, some of his ideas are right. actually being spoken of against. It, we're at a scary time in, in the idea that some information just won't get through anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think we Christians are going to have to figure out a way then to, to make sure we know what's going on to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. So, And I think, too, uh, when, when we do talk about... Um, confusion. I do think that a lot of clergy are also on different pages uh, with the message that they're delivering, what they're supporting. Um, and it's not always in alignment with Scripture, which well, is very interesting uh, in a sad kind of way. I don't understand really what their motive is for doing that. I don't know if it's to grow their churches and to try to appear more uh, caring than those of, uh, that try to, you know, actually keep the, to the Word of God, even if people are getting angry with them or, you know, yeah. it's just, uh, I, I think there's a lot of confusion right now. Absolutely. Well, I think we were reading an article by Tim Keller, who, so again, if, Isn't if, he a Presbyterian he's pastor? He's a Presbyterian pastor in New very York. Very large, I mean, very yeah, good I mean, we, church. And he was there when we were there, yes. you know, in New York, and, mm-hmm. and, and I attended a lot of his stuff. I mean, he he's done a lot of good in, in, in reaching out and things like that, but he came out in his article, and he basically said, uh, there's no moral difference between the two platforms. That's right. And I was just unbelievably dismayed at that. Right. I mean, we're not even talking about abortion. The abortion platforms are radically different of, of the Democrats and the Republicans. And I know there are 20 million pro-life Democrats, so hey, we're on your side. Yes. But I'm, just, <laughs> but I'm saying the platform is what we're voting for. We're voting right. for the platform. Right. And And so to dismiss that and say that there's no difference, that just drove me crazy. But then to not even talk about religious liberty. And again, so like you were talking about, he confused a lot of this stuff because I think he said, you know, he started talking about how some Christians are voting for the government to take care of the poor and to give us health care and all these different Mm -hmm. things. And he said, because the Bible doesn't have any problem with that. Yeah, and I kind of want to break down a little bit of some of the things that he stated because they're quite perplexing and they're I was really disappointed to have that come out, but I think we need to take a quick break right here, and we'll resume with that okay. afterwards. Yeah. Because I know you would like to talk about your book. <laughs> well, I think right now, in the middle of the confusion, I think we, you know, there's a book that I've written a little bit. It's called Resurrection Freedom, God's Power to Face Life's Challenges. And I think, you know, folks, again, whatever we're talking about today about the cultural confusion that's out there, 
you and I both know the Word of God, the power of God, His grace is what, it's the solution to life. And to know that there's resurrection freedom that we can have in the middle of this, it's great. So if you want to get a copy of this book, you can go on the website, uh, familyvisionmedia.org. And right. uh, you'll see it there. And, you know, get it. Uh, if you're really struggling with where we are in the chaos, I think this might be a good devotional read, right? It's a devotional kind of book, right? Yes, it's an easy read. I think it's nice to pick up for yourself. And then I mean, I just also, asked you, I and it's also, I was the one that wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I mean, I, mean, from I your read point it. View, yes, <laughs> I read it. No, but it, it actually is a good read. And it's. I think it's really good to give to to, to college kids that are going Absolutely, away for, yeah. for yeah going away to college I tell you what uh, I at the end of this program I know I would like to close with uh, a little bit of a of a reading from it because I know right now uh, the people I've talked with have just been so anxious about this whole election there's a lot of fear right now yeah and I think right now it's just really important to to hang on to what we know is true. Right. There's one thing that is never going to change, and that is our Lord's promises and who we are for him and what he will do for us and with us and through us, And no, despite all of the, the chaos of today. Right, and I agree with that, and that's what I'm saying. This book, I think, would be a... Uh, a good refresher, yeah. uh, no matter what the chaos at, is at the moment. Right. So let's go back to that article about Tim Keller, because he's a huge influencer. Yeah, We've been, yeah, we really, really support most of the work that he's done. And uh, this was a big surprise to have come out at such a time. Because uh, it gave moral cover to some, you know, again, like I said, I don't understand how you can say um, discriminating against the church legally. In fact, in Virginia, the Virginia Values Act right now, and we've talked about this, I think, um, is going to start to, at a statewide level, is going to start persecuting those who believe in traditional marriage or those who believe that God created people male and female. They're going to start discriminating against that, and or they're going to start litigating against that, excuse me. And it's uh, $100,000 per issue, unlimited damages per issue. Oh, and I goodness. just don't know any, any preschool, any school, any high school that has any of these kind of issues, they're going to be litigated out of business so that's fast. That's why they can't afford it. They so can't. fast. That's right. And, so, you and know, that's I, the objective, isn't it? Yeah, but, but then for Keller to say that's, that's no difference, one platform espouses that, one platform is defending against it, and it will directly affect the church's ability to be the church. It, it seems to me like, you know, we look to our leaders, especially our, our clergymen, for wisdom, right, and mm-hmm. guidance. He's not displaying wisdom to me in this because he's he's overlooking a lot of, of the damage that is going to be done if people uh, actually, well, they did. They are, they already voted in that direction. Well, well again, like I said, so for Christians done, to— But moving uh, forward. To, yeah, you need to understand what, you know, the, we're on the other side of some of this. Well, maybe not yet because, uh, you know, if they if the Senate stays the way it is, it's a back backstop against it. But the again, to vote to actually put the church under this kind of pressure just for espousing the moral truths. You know, we actually say that we're not asking the government to, um, we're not asking them to have anything to do with our preaching of the good news of the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's, that has, they should have nothing to do with that. But the government is a moral agent. And mm-hmm. so we should have a moral voice in its moral agency. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be told, you have no moral voice. You can't, mm-hmm. The Ten Commandments, you you, know, you can't honor your father and your mother, thou shalt not kill. These are foundations to a lot of our, our policies, mm-hmm. and now we can't have this voice. And, and that's the thing that, that drove me crazy, that Christians don't understand. That's our role in mm-hmm. government, mm-hmm. is to be God's moral voice. And so, again, understanding how church 
family and government are relate, that's one thing. But then speaking God's ordering of the world for the sake of the world, that's part of our role as mm-hmm. salt and light in the world. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, uh, the, the confusion, you just said some of our leaders, they're actually creating and sowing confusion. Yes. And uh, that's not helpful. Um, but I do think differentiating God's preserving work from his saving work can maybe help cut through some of that confusion. Right. One of the things that, that Keller st- said that was really tough, uh, and you know, and I just mentioned that abortion came down at the, towards the bottom of the right. uh, important issue list. Well, by, um, by the way, hold your thought, too. But by the way, we are making some great roads in, in pro-life. Pro-life is now the, the, it's sweeping the country. And so in spite of the fact that, that we're not really being allowed to talk about it some ways. You yes, know, thank God for that. Back to what you're saying. But he said, you know, the Bible tells me, this is Keller's quote, mm-hmm. it's, I'm quoting it directly. He said, the Bible tells me that abortion is a sin and great evil, but it doesn't tell me the best way to decrease or end abortion in this country. So it doesn't tell me which policies are most effective. Wow. I don't even want to get into that. That's a that we. That's a whole nother program debate. It's kind of a wimp out. Isn't it's a it? absolute. I mean, the sanctity <laughs> of life is fundamental to good government. So to to, to actually have honor, uh, even of my enemies, even those people who disagree with me, but to treat them with a sacredness of their 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 life. That's we're not just fighting for abortion, non-abortion. We're fighting for the sanctity of life. Right, because the the one party advocates unrestricted access to abortion, even in the third trimester, and and it's also seeking to repeal the Hyde Amendment, which would allow taxpayer money to fund all abortions. Yeah, I don't know what you say. You know, the first thing I would say is you can't use my money to kill your children. And somehow that's controversial. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to talk to Pastor Keller about that. But again, my thing is, and I'm, I, we're not trying to attack him. No, by the well, way but again, he's he's but provided it, it was cover. He's provided cover for some fundamental things. But right. the, even even the the idea of letting the church be the church and saying, well, that wasn't on the agenda. No, that is the agenda, and that's mm-hmm. what troubled me this election. There's a lot of chaos out there. Um, but it should be about free people talking these things through, caring for one another. We can have lots of differences of opinion. Uh, sure. we, we all got different personalities, all these different things. But the last place we want all that stuff to be resolved is by government decree or government fiat. And I think that was was on the ballot this election. And I do think that you just said different personalities, I think, later on in another program, not this one. <laughs> but I do want to talk about the different personalities and what, how it tends to uh, affect and impact uh, the which party we embrace. And how and, we even platforms. process this information. That's right, and, and how that. we process. Because I think understanding that helps us to dialogue uh, more effectively with one another and oh, understand one another but without being so emotional about it. Well, you know, again, like I said, you've taught... That's, you know me, I've always been more direct. I've always been kind of let's charge, charge, charge. And you've said sometimes you got to make sure that people know why they're following you or why you're in it together and you need to be Or why more... you look angry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that how I look right now? <laughs> well, earlier today you did. <laughs> But I just have to, like, no, brush it off. No, oh, is it? oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Brush, brush, brush. I gave him a headache earlier, no, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those, you know, spousal things. But it's okay. It's all right. It's all good. <laughs> but, you know, as we talk through these things, I mean, I think you've given me that sense of, of, of two understanding not just not just being empathetic because you know there's a certain amount of truth is truth and we have to empathize but we have to also be truthful moving forward and things mm-hmm. but even how you're heard 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the biggest problems I have with those of us who are conservatives is that we sometimes think people just know what we mean by these things, mm-hmm. and and they don't. And mm-hmm. and and it's also hard to be the people that say, well, we really should say no to that. Mm-hmm. I don't think our culture likes the word no in any way, shape, or form. No. So that's part of no. the confusion. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like no. That's right. No, but but that's correct. I, I really agree with you. Saying no and, and hearing a no. But, you know, also, like when we speak, too, I mean, we have to know what we're talking about. So Clearly. looking at Scripture, I think some of the solutions are being able to pull some of the things out that align uh with scripture that so we can say this is why we we are believing in this way and this is why we're voting this way and this is why we're following this and supporting this platform and and being able to direct other christians that might be kind of confused at the moment you know because there are it's so clever right to make it seem like to use words like equality act that sounds so pretty clean air act that sounds so pretty but they don't if you don't look at what all that entails right well, and Tom, then, Thomas Sowell always says when you're dealing with policy in a broken world that's run by sinners, which is exactly what we're talking about, mm-hmm. the solutions for us is in the church and what Jesus did. So in politics, it's sinful people doing sinful things with policy. That's right. So the, the question is, compared to what, how much does it cost, and what's your data? And if you ask those questions, then you come up with the, the lesser of two evils or the one that's good, but it's not perfect. And that's your best answer. The problem I have is people's expectation of government. Right. They actually believe it's going to be better to care for you. Right. You know, so when the government cares for you more than your family, no, no, your family's the first place. The church is the second place. The community's the third place. Right. And federal government is the both, last place. And both family and the church are being attacked today. So we and, need to realize that. Right. And those are essential. They're essential because that's where we learn our values, our Christian worldview, and they're foundational to our civil society. I mean, yeah. we're very much needed. So for us to be labeled as non-essential is very harmful it's and it's it's dangerous. Huge. And so right now, for those of us that are kind of feeling a little bit anxious right now, I want us to just remember that the Lord is, you know, still with us and, and, and especially in times such as these that are so uncertain. And I want to kind of use uh, this to close on, okay. if that's okay with you. It's from your book. It's uh, from the chapter, What's Precious Holds. And it's from a song uh, that is sung by one of my favorite, and I think yours too, Me? Kathy Tricoli. Yeah, I love, love Kathy uh, And Tricoli. it says, love, and let's just remember this, love is from God, mm-hmm. and we share and demonstrate that among Christ, as Christians uh, for, to others, even non-Christians especially. Mm-hmm. So love has a name, love has a face. And when you know love, you know you're not the same. Love never dies, love never leaves. And when hope is gone, love will believe. Mm-hmm. Love every day give love away. Love has a name. Love came from heaven and died for us all. Now we are forgiven by the Savior of the world, the Savior of the world. Love in action. That's right. Love in action. And we just need to keep moving forward in that direction. And I would just say, too, you know, knowing that you already have that love, you already have that resurrection victory, then, you know, just don't be naive about politics. Make sure you put politics in its proper place. Too many people are think it's the solution. It's the solution of a very limited group of problems. And critique the information you're getting. We're going to have to find a way yes, to get the right information for these things. And then, like you were just saying, with this love motivating us and all that we do, do, uh, realize that we're salt and light. That's right. Uh, that means we got salting work is, is a preserving work. It's not real easy. No. But uh, the, you, you just shared the light of the love of God, which is the ultimate solution for it all. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that's who we get to be in the middle of the chaos. That's right. So remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world. Yes, there's the one that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. (laughs) See you soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media.